The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Good morning. If you're just joining us, welcome along. I'm Rebecca Lowe, Tim Howard, Danny Higginbotham alongside me for Premier League Live. And that's all three points for Dean Smith's men, taking them up into eighth in the Premier League. 21 games play, still a game or two in hand. And Danny, they've been your team of the season so far. Why? They've just been magnificent. You look at a manager and you think to yourself, right, OK, do they solve problems? And that's what he's done in the summer. The plays that he's brought in, he's brought in plays that he, that he knows. It's enabled them to defend a little bit deeper, bringing in Barclays, well, they've got more pace in the team. And it's just been exceptional. The, the complete and utter mind shift of the way that they've been and they thoroughly deserve to be where they are and Dean Smith deserves a lot of credit. Tim, what do you think the biggest frustration is right now of the Arsenal fans sitting at home this morning watching that? Well, there's more than, there's more than one. They, they don't ever really seem like the Arsenal teams of old. You know, they start to have a little bit of slick passing, but then when the heat gets turned up in the game and they really need to fight mm. in the battle, they don't do it. And then there, there are other times where you're looking at it and think, OK, we've got some good passing here and with Saka and Smith-Rowe and, and Pepe looked like he was maybe doing doing a little bit better today and then it just kind of it just kind of falters at the end you know obviously with Villa having a 1-0 lead, they bunkered in a little bit and it couldn't break them down. It must be very frustrating being Arsenal. I, I think, quickly as well, if you look at Arsenal, you speak to any Arsenal supporters and you ask them, what, what players have you needed over the last 10 years? Still the same players that they needed 10 years ago that they haven't solved that problem, and that's where Dean Smith has. They looked at what the problem is and they've solved it, brought players in that were needed. They continue on this path. The longest current Premier League winless streaks now stands at 12. Next worst is Southampton with five. Let's take you back to our commentary team at Craven Cottage. Graham Lasso and Arlo White. And I suppose it's all about, gentlemen, did he make the right decision? Yes, it took forever. And yes, Graham wanted to just nip down, have a word with him and get him to hurry up. And that shouldn't have taken that long. Both the gentlemen in here feel that he made the right decision in the end. And ultimately, isn't that all that's important? Yeah, well, here's your right of reply, Graham. Tell, tell us and tell Danny and Tim why you feel it was not a red card or shouldn't have been. Uh, because it wasn't. <laughs> From my point of view, he was trying to... He, uh, Mitrovic had his arm on him. He lifted his arm up to come out, over the way, out of the way to, to get some space and caught him in the face. That was it. Simple. From my point of view, no, nothing about that was, was meant that that was a red card. And the fact that Mike Dean took so long... Mm suggests to me that even he was looking going right what can I see here and you end up convincing yourself by showing a replay over and over again watching mm. it live watching the reaction of the players I would be very surprised if that wasn't overturned and if it if it isn't overturned he misses <clears> three games doesn't he because it's violent conduct I mean Manchester United in the FA Cup they've got some big games coming up against the likes of Sheffield United Tottenham and Manchester City and he's been one of the leading uh, players for West Ham this season Fulham it's starting to get a bit frustrating watching them <laughs> because they are really easy 
easy on the eye. They play some lovely stuff, but it's the final third and the lack of cutting edge in front of goal. Yeah, there's a confidence about them in terms of possession. When they get the ball at the back and they work through the lines and they've got some nice, tidy players, the shape looked better today for me. Um, they, they look more comfortable in that shape. But again, it's just that, that those final bits. And you have phases in football where you can't quite get the rubber the green working for you or you miss out on a bit of luck. But they're just unable to convert that territory and some of those opportunities into clear-cut chances, mm. as, as you said. Well, we'll be off uh, to Anfield, mm. won't we? We'll speak to you, Red Rebecca, card to those again. two in the studio. Well, it's a red card for you, Dan, and a red card for you, Tim. <laughs> Talk to you tomorrow. Gentlemen, it's a game of opinions. <laughs> Everton fans rejoice. Manchester United fans across the United States, no doubt, jaw-dropping, sat Danny Higginbotham agog at what they've just seen. They must have thought they'd done it. Mm. How do you read what happened there at the end of the game? Well, they, they, they were cruising at half-time. You know, 2-0, and then give credit to Ancelotti, the changes that he made at half-time. He went to a 4-2-3-1, got Decore higher up the pitch, got James playing in the number 10, and they fully deserve to get back into the game. But then Manchester United take the lead again. They have to see that out defensively conceded bad goals but you've got to say given what Everton did at half time they'll be fully they'll be delighted because they'll be deserved from their second half performance I mean Tim it's a cliche because we use it a lot a game of two halves as Danny says United clear in the first half we were all talking at half time that Everton not even laid a glove on them yeah it's disappointing from from Manchester United in the second half we mm -hmm. talked that they're they're they were setting traps defensively and pressing Everton really well and they were on the front foot and it just seemed like you mentioned they were cruising and it just seemed too easy and they came it came out of halftime. Well, well, they, they should have saw it coming because Dominic Cavallo missed a really good mm. chance at the end of, end of the first half. Second half, they started sluggish. They took the goal. But even then, that should have snapped them back into life. And they were they, they were just continually sluggish. They didn't press the same way from the front. And credit to Everton. Angelotti changed the system. Got Hamas higher up, as you mentioned. DeCorey gives him more, more lease on life. Allows him to roam a bit more, which is his strength. It's not sitting. So... Mm. Credit to Angelotti for the change. I think, I think Everton showed him too much respect in the mm. first half. It allowed Fernandez to do what he wanted to do, Cavani to do what he wanted to do, Rashford um, was allowed to do what he wanted to do. In the second half, I think Angelotti just said to his players, look where we are in the league. You know, give yourself some credit. And they played probably another five or ten yards higher at the pits, and all of a sudden, Fernandez wasn't as prominent, Rashford wasn't as prominent. So you have to give great credit to Everton what they did. And to Manchester City are gaining strength, they're gaining mm. momentum when they're not even playing. Yeah, they'd be the happiest of the bunch in, that, in the country, you know, seeing that late goal go in, having to go to Anfield tomorrow. Let's hear, shall we, from Everton's late, late goal scorer, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Well, Dominic, some draws feel like wins. That is very much one of them. Definitely, I think. Frustrating, you know, when we get uh, back level after going two goals down and then to let them get the lead again from a set piece. But, you know, we just hung in there. It's a difficult, difficult evening, I think, especially when they had the ball for large parts. We had to stay disciplined and then just got to smell the goal at the end and just be ready to put it in. So what are you thinking? Injury time's up, the ball just drops for you in the box. Are you half expecting the goalkeeper to clear you out? No, I think, to be fair, I was just waiting for a little nick. I knew I wasn't going to get the first contact, so it's just about being ready for the second one and, and being on the ball ready for it to drop. And I think once it's hit me in the stomach, I knew I could get there before the keeper, so I just thought, just got to beat the keeper, and it's a goal. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Where did it hit? Right in the... Right there. Bang in the midriff. I yeah. think it was being checked. Yeah, yeah. Check it again if you want. <laughs> well, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> what was said at half-time, Dominic? Uh, we had a little change of system. 
a few minutes into the second half and I think that helped us get back into the game it allowed, it allowed us to commit more bodies forward and you've seen for I don't know if it was the first or second goal where I put it across to first goal, yeah. to Dukes and it's just get, getting bodies forward I think we, we let them have too much of the ball and didn't lay enough of a glove and it was about you know showing more spirit and, and picking the tempo up because I feel like that's when we're at our best when we, we play high tempo and we get after people So what was the plan at the start? It looked like you'd gone to a, a diamond with yourself and Richarlison split strikers was the feeling that that hadn't really worked? I'm not sure because we, we came out second half to do the same and then the boss switched the tactics um, a couple of minutes in and then we, we scored not, not long after and then we got another but it was you know me and Richie split strikers to and, and Hammers in the middle that's just the, the way we set out to play and, and the way we thought we could you know counteract the way that they play and it didn't work for us in the first half and you know the manager switched it and thankfully it's uh, we've come away with a point and overall another performance and result away from home that gives you belief about what you might be able to achieve this season absolutely yeah it's frustrating you know when we we go two goals down because I think for me we're capable of so much more and I feel like every team we come up against you know we we, we can compete and we can beat them so when we don't you know, lay a glove early on and, and we let teams get, get away from us, it's frustrating, but I think the spirit that we showed and the confidence to get ourselves back in the game, you know, that's that's what we're about and that's what we need to show more of. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Well Ollie, was that a kick in the teeth at the end of actually a pretty decent performance? Second half was uh, we played some good football, uh, but we conceded three goals. It's from three shots on target. You can't when when you have three shots between the posts and you concede three, that's uh, disappointing, of course, because we played some very very good stuff. Defensively, though, did you ever feel entirely comfortable with their threat, their pace, and behind? Uh, you, you always have uh, players like uh, Richarlison, Calvert Lewin running at you. you you're never 100% comfortable, of course you're not. But I thought we played that, played it uh, well after uh, they scored two quick goals in the, at the start of the second half. Then we uh, reacted well, created chances, to, uh, dominated possession. But then uh, we, why it was the four minutes, that, that's beyond me but, uh, compared to the three we had the other day. But all we have to do is uh, get the ball into the corner uh, and see it out, and we didn't. So what do you make of the goals conceded then? You've touched on it no, a little bit there. Poor goals, poor, uh, definitely. So when, of course, during a game you expect one or two uh, uh, good moments from the, uh, from the opponents. They had three shots that hit between the posts and you can see the goals. It's disappointing, of course, in the, when it's in the, la in the last minute in added time, uh, that's very disappointing. More awful news to bring you, unfortunately. Manchester United's Axel Twanzebe was subjected again to racial abuse on social media following the club's game with Everton yesterday. Twanzebe, along with teammates Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford, West Brom's Romain Sawyers, Southampton's Alex Jankovic and Chelsea's Antonio Rudiger have all been racially abused online within the last two weeks. And Rudiger's teammate Callum Hudson-Odoi is one of the many who've spoken about the issue, saying, quote, for us, seeing stuff like that, it always makes us angry. Are you saying that because of our skin colour or are you just saying that because you just want to be, you think that you're funny or you want to get a laugh out of people? No one laughs at that sort of situation. All of us take that personally as a team and as players. We have to do something about it because obviously, as I said, racism won't stop. When you talk about it, people start to realise that it's not right at the same time, but there are times when people feel like it's an advantage for them to carry on trying to make you feel more down about yourself or make you feel a type of way about your skin colour or something like that. It's totally unacceptable, he goes on, 
and totally don't like to use the word but stupid from their side and idiotic. It's embarrassing to us that we're playing our hearts out and trying to play the game as much as possible to try and win games. And if we don't win or do something wrong, we're receiving bad things from other people. As I said, it's unacceptable and hopefully things get resolved soon. Well, the UK government has threatened the social media companies with large fines if the abuse continues. Phil, you said before the game this was the fixture that was the most important to you. So what does it mean to come here and record that sort of scoreline at Anfield? Yeah, you know, it's brilliant. You know, every player wants to play in a big game like this. And yet, you know, we showed our courage from the from the minute one. Um, they played a brilliant game, made it so difficult for us. Um, but like I said, yeah, we showed our courage to play the football and keep going. Even when we lost it um, in, in, in the first half, we still carried on playing our game. And in the end, yeah, it paid off. Did you step it up even more in the second half? Um, I feel like sometimes we were a slow team to get going. Um, I think it was definitely better in the second half. So, yeah, it's something to work on um, to try and start quick from, from every game we can. So, so, yeah, something to work on. Obviously, Liverpool made errors themselves, but how much did you force those errors with your pressing? Um, yeah, we definitely forced the errors, you know, um, some of them working out in the, in the, on training, um, pressing from the front, and, yeah, everyone um, worked for each other today, and you get your rewards from it, like you see today. Could you have struck yours any better? No, that's, that's, yeah, I struck it perfect, and, yeah, I'm just happy to see it go in and help my team. How much did you enjoy playing in that, as they call it, false nine position? Um, or are you a nine? Yeah, I enjoy it, you know. It's not like um, you have to stay up front, you know. You can drop in and try and get the ball. So, so yeah, I try to play it as best as I can. It's something that um, I need to learn um, to the side of my game. But, yeah, I enjoyed it tonight, coming link and play and, and, yeah, trying to get in the final third. Brilliant stuff there from Phil Foden. Let's take you back to Graham Lasso and Arlo White. We'll have so much time and we will analyse this drop-off from Liverpool this season, gentlemen. But Manchester City right now, just simply brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. 14 wins in a row. It's extraordinary. And you called it, I think, in the middle of the second half. It would have been easy for you to say that Gundogan was man of the match with these two goals. <laughs> but you called Phil Foden. What impresses you about him the most? Well, it's, there's so many factors. And just in, even in his interview, his enthusiasm, his willingness to learn. He said, I've got a lot, lot to learn. His understanding of the game and the different positions. And my goodness, having Guardiola as a coach... What an opportunity. If you've got an open mind and you want to learn, what a yeah. great person to learn from. And I, I just think that every part of his game today was good. He was unselfish um, when he when he needed to be. He made the right decisions at the right time. And then he was really selfish for his goal. And that showed a huge amount of confidence, belief and technique to get past Robertson on the inside. And then the, the, the ferocity of the finish that beat Allison. So a really all-round, really good performance yeah. by him. Um, the first half performance by City at Chelsea on January the 3rd, for me, announced that City were massively in the title race because they had an indifferent mm. start. Is there anything now that can derail them between now and the end of the season, even though it's, you know, it's a slightly odd season? Well, I think that's the point. I think there were so many things that would make anyone hesitant about calling who's going to win the league because... There are lots of outside factors at the moment, and, and we've got to remember that you know there's there's no crowd, so that has an impact on some players, some teams um, more than others. But they're in their groove, aren't they? You can see they're really, really playing well. They're they're well organised. Um, 
they've got everything going for them at the moment. So in this this form, obviously, they'll they'll go on and win the league. Allison's mistakes is that sort of representative <clears throat> of scrambled minds at Liverpool? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, they've set such incredibly high standards, Liverpool, that that when you see a drop off, you 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 think what's going wrong, and you can get we could get very carried away very quickly. But uncharacteristic mistakes, that lack of that lack of edge and creativity in the team at the moment. Um, is, is something that's got to be a concern. And you can see it in Jurgen Klopp's sort of face. He's just desperately trying to work out a way of solving the problem and helping the players overcome this poor spell. OK, Rebecca, hopefully we can warm up in time for kick-off in the Super Bowl later. Back to you. Lovely stuff, gentlemen. Thank you. Man City, with those 14 wins in all competitions in a row, by the way, have now equaled the all-time winning run by an English top-flight team, matching Preston in 1892 and Arsenal in 1987. Is what's most impressive about City this season was that worse than indifferent start and the way that Guardiola has rebuilt this team from the back to the front. Yeah, and to get them re-energised and recharged. I wasn't sure at the start of this season whether Pep could get them to go again after a disappointing last season. But my goodness, with the addition of Ruben, um, Diaz. Ruben Diaz, apart from the mistake today, and John Stones, of course. But I think, you know, to focus on the wide players is important today because a lot of talk about Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and how great they've been for... For their football club, but Phil Foden and Raheem Sterling, I mean, Foden went to a wide position later on. They overshadowed those two players with the way that they got behind, they created and scored goals. Those two, were, I thought, were brilliant. Tim, the overriding narrative for Liverpool this season has been about the injuries, but mm. Alisson making mistakes, Trent Alexander-Arnold, as Robbie picked out, not having a good day. I mean, they're not necessarily related directly to injuries. Mm. Talk to me about Liverpool. No, and the game today was was evenly poisoned. Alisson, who we're just not used to seeing make those mistakes. He's been brilliant. He's been the best goalkeeper in the world. So these things happen. He, they had, he had a, a tough day. And obviously Liverpool are having to play players out of position and in and, and, and uncomfortable positions. And look, the league's gone for, for them. What worries me now is the chase is on for Champions League. You know, West Ham, Everton, Tottenham, Chelsea. It's going to be a tight race for that fourth spot. And so whatever's ailing them, they've got to get it right very quickly. Title race. Make a case for me. It's not over, is Manchester it? United can catch them. It's the only team that can. Mm. If, if everything goes well for United and Cavani stays fit and he's, he's as sharp as he is now for the remainder of the season, there's a few ifs in there, mm -hmm. but that's it. That's the only team that can catch him as Manchester United now, and, and we'll see how they go on. I mean, Man City can't. Can they keep this amazing run all the way through? They might be a period where they have a little drop-off. Man United have got to keep doing their thing to, to make sure they're in touch if City do have a little falter a little bit. The argument is that City have already had their drop. Yeah. Of the season. Yeah, they're playing well. They're, by the way, Kevin De Bruyne is coming back soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's all without Kevin De Bruyne as well. He's half decent. Jordan, just how disappointing and dispiriting was that? Yeah, very disappointing with the result, of course. Um, yeah, the end result, I didn't really think, reflected the performance, to be, to be honest. Um, but made mistakes in the wrong moment and we got punished. Um, City are a very good side, you know, especially going forward. Um, and they punished us when we did make the mistakes. But overall, I think actually, if you look at just the performance, I thought performance for the majority of the game was pretty good. Um, competed really well. It was more like the performance we used to. Um, but like I say, wrong moment, mistakes cost us. How dispiriting is it, though, that result? Well, it's always, when you get beat, it's always disappointing, um, especially in the, in the manner we did in the end. Um, it's never nice. So it'll, yeah, it's hard to take now, um, but in football you've got to move on quickly. Um, I think we've got a full week to get it out of our system, you know, train properly, um, which we haven't had for a while, so we need to use it best we can this week to get prepared for another tough game against Leicester. How quickly do you need to regroup and just get yourselves going again? 
Well, I, like I say, I, I think, yes, result is, is very disappointing when you look at the scoreline, but I don't think we'd be too displeased with the overall performance. For the majority of the game, don't get us wrong, it wasn't brilliant, but I thought large parts of it was more like us on the front foot, defending high, winning the ball back quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think I didn't think we deserved to, to lose by that much, but then again, we've, we've made costly errors um, that, that have cost us, so we can't have any arguments, to be honest. There's still a fair bit of football left, but a ten-point gap between yourselves and Manchester City, does that look insurmountable right now? <laughs> again, I, I remember last season you kept asking us about when we were top of the league, but you don't look at the league you know, now, especially you've got to concentrate on the next game um, and just try to win every single game you can like we always do, whether that's when you're on top or you're fourth or fifth or whatever it is, you've just got to concentrate on the next game and put in performances as, as, as much as we can. Well, Pep, how does that feel? That's a, that's a bit of a statement win, it seems. Yeah, of course. The last champions, uh, how strong they are. So, yeah, uh, big, a lot of motions. Many things happen in the game. For them, is the penalty first. Like uh, It's like a routine against, against them. And, uh, but react well, and we start really, really well. First 50, 20 minutes, doing what we we want to be. After, for the quality of half, we struggle. In the second half, we, especially when we concede the goal, the way we react, the way we're still playing after the quality for the special feel for the actions, make the difference. Was there a real confidence about your team today from, from the moment the game started? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, we knew that... Uh, uh, yeah, we should continue what we have done the last one month and a half, two months, and, and that's why we, we did it well. Uh, on the penalty you've just talked about, is there anything you can do about that, or is it just one of those things? Oh, it's a problem that we have. So we missed the penalty in quarterfinals and against Tottenham, and important moments you cannot miss it. And, uh, and if it doesn't matter the taker, at the end, maybe I'm going to think about Ederson, it will be the taker next time. <laughs> Not a lot else wrong with your team at the moment. What in particular impressed you and, and pleased you today? The commitment on everyone, the guys for the stands, help the people in front and run as an animal. We know we'll suffer. Hopefully next time, today Manchester City break uh, for many, many years. We're not able to win here. Hopefully next time we can, we can do it with, uh, with Anfield and his people. So, of course, Anfield is so intimidating, but without people it's completely different. And for that reason, I know your mantra is one game at a time, one yeah. win at a time, but does it mean just that little bit more Swansea. winning here? I saw Swansea against Norwich. I was really impressed how good, uh, how good they are. Uh, and uh, we have to, to prepare, but uh, the guys who didn't play, maybe it's going to play, and after Tottenham, one, one in a time. So it's the best way to, to approach it. Next up, they've got a Swansea away then in the FA Cup. What's been their key then, Robbie Musto? I think the goals from midfield. I, I think it's incredible. I don't think there's been a Premier League champion, or not many, that's not had one guy to score 20 goals. City have never won it without a 20-goal Premier League season guy. And he's reorganised this team to get midfield players in great spots. Foden, Gundogan, Sterling, Mares, they're all chipping in with goals, and it's remarkable what they're doing. We know that Pep Guardiola was brought to City to win the Champions League after he won the Premier League title. Could the Champions League pressure, the charge for that derail them in the Premier League? No, I think Champions League is still a massive opportunity for them, but retain, retaining the Premier League title, which they think is theirs, is going to be huge. And, and, Robbie, what you said, to not have a recognised number yeah. nine and then to have the balance of these midfielders scoring goals, it's just brilliant. It's no surprise they are where they are.
Yeah, Sergio Aguero yet to come back. Gabriel Jesus not mm. starting the game today. Jürgen, obviously not your day today. What's your analysis of where it went away for you? Yeah, right. In the end, when you, if you lose, when you lose four, four one, it's not our day. But um, big parts of the game were, were a brilliant game from my side. We played really good football. Um, I can see in your eyes you see it differently, but um, no, I, I'm I, listening intently. Huh? I'm not saying differently. I'm listening intently to you. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, and I really liked it. Um, we were in the first half played really good football um, against City. That doesn't mean that you are two or three nil up. It only means you are really in the game. And I'm not sure how the possession was, but it was for sure not like it's usually with City. Start the second half. City changed the system slightly, or defensively at least, with you know, 4 4 2. Um, <laughs> that's a little adaptation actually, and we, we, we would be in the game again. But in that, in that start of the second half, uh, we didn't give enough options to play um, and gave the first goal away. So, like, um, like it was, we were just gave them a little bit. Um, too much opportunity. So they scored that goal, we scored the equaliser, which is, um, in that moment, it looked like the game could now go in our direction. We were really good again. And then we make two massive mistakes, that's clear. Everybody saw them, they used them. Um, you know, three, one down in a game like this, when you were that long, at least level, and you are then really down, that's, um, that's tough to take. And then Foden with a genius situation where he scores the fourth goal. Um, so the performance was good most of the time, really, really good on a, on a high level. If we would have played more often like tonight um, in these moments, we would not be 13 points behind City or, or 10 points, whatever. Um, the goals, we made massive mistakes. You, if you make them against each team, I think it's, it's a problem. Against City, it's the killer. And that's why we lost the game. Particularly uncharacteristic errors from the goalkeeper as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, but we cannot hide them now, so um, we don't have to talk around and, and say well, it was not. So it's it's true as well that we didn't give him a lot of options in the moment, especially around the first one. Um, I think the second one, yeah, just mishit the ball. Um, probably, I don't know, there's not a real explanation there for it. Maybe he had cold feet or something, and it, it, it sounds funny, but it could, have, could be. Um, but then it's still the opportunity to kick it in the stands. Um, yeah, but again, Ali saved our life plenty of times, um, no doubt about that. And tonight, um, yeah, he made two mistakes. That's how it is. So did you see enough there then that you're confident the results will start to come? Because that's the third straight defeat here, obviously. <laughs> if, if, we, if we can do a lot of things again, yes. Definitely. But it, all the games are different. So we, we, we played against tonight against City. They cause massive problems defensively um, and give you some space if you do it smart in midfield to, to play through. Then the next game is Leicester, I think. Yeah. So a different game plan of Leicester, uh, more about counter-attacking and all these kind of things. So um, we, we will see. But yes, I saw a lot of good things. So if we play football like we played in a long, long time tonight, um, then again, we, we, we will win football games 100%. But for tonight, we have to admit we lost again. How big does the scrap look coming up for Champions League places? Yeah, that's of course our, our, our main target, that is clear, um, we, we, we will try everything. So there's enough games to play to, to secure them, but we have to win games and tonight we didn't. Tim, what's your reaction to Jurgen Klopp there? 
Well, he was honest. He was honest in the assessment of how the game went. Uh, very similar to, to Jordan Henderson, who, who said they were playing pretty well, and it was evenly poised. I thought City came out, put more pressure on them in the second half, and unfortunately that for, for them, that pressure um, paid dividends for City, and there was some uncharacteristic mistakes. He didn't hide behind that. You know, he knows how great Allison is, and he just said maybe it was cold feet. Maybe it was just, it was just a mishit, and those things happen. Cold feet. Genuine question. Have you, do you get cold feet when you're, when you're a, out there? It explains a cold? lot about my career, so yes, maybe. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say. Um, Robbie, your reaction? Um, hmm. Liverpool's goal came from a Man City mistake. Mm. I didn't see Liverpool create anything other than a mistake from Manchester City. So, yes, it was again about mistakes. Liverpool made a lot more. I thought we talked at half-time. This is after City missed a penalty, by the way, that it was kind of even and it was poised. But I'm afraid when the pressure came, mm. Trent Alexander-Arnold didn't do a good job. The goalkeeper had a nightmare. Mm. I mean, he had a, he had a nightmare game. And City deserved to win. Phil Foden was, was superb. And Liverpool need a reset. They need a regroup. Mm. Maybe if the manager's a little bit more humble there and saying, you know what, wasn't our day. The better side won at the end of the 90 minutes. You know, I, I think that would have come over a bit better. And, and I know that they've experimented or, or they've been forced into playing Fabinho and Henderson at the back. I just wonder if today, after... Three, three defeats. At, I just wonder if, if they're now we go now back to time. basics. Now it's time to change. Okay, yeah, you don't want to put new players into big games like this, but maybe maybe it's now time to yeah. play two centre backs, go back to basics in the yeah. midfield. Yeah, next game's away at Leicester. Good luck mm. with that. After 23 games this season, Liverpool now have 27 fewer points than they did at this same stage last season, which is the biggest drop by any reigning champion at this stage of a campaign in the history of the English top flight. I think more than anything, Robbie, for a neutral, it's just shock mm. that he's talk having to talk about the scrap for the top four after mm. where they were and yeah, who they well, were. Yeah, but it happens. Manchester City had some amazing seasons. Last season, they had a, they had a, they had a season off. And they, they didn't perform. They were way down on their points. Mm. It's difficult. And, and they were so amazing to the first 23 games. You know, the number doesn't lie. It's a big number. But I just think it's hard, Tim, to keep going season after season. The way mm. that they play, they've got like, what, 12, 13, 14 players? City yeah. have got two teams. Yeah. That's why this season with the COVID and all the tight games... They're going to win. And fair play to Liverpool. They, they've set the standard so incredibly high over the last two seasons that now when they fall off, it looks like a massive drop. Well, Liverpool are 10 points off the top. They've played 23. Manchester City have a game in hand on everybody below them, including Manchester United, and they have a five-point gap over them as well. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Jack, congratulations. A good win. Thoroughly deserved. 
Uh, thank you. Yeah, you know, after the last result we had here, we wanted to come back and redeem ourselves, and we knew it was going to be a tough game after the last game, so we were prepared all week, and yeah, we came out strong. Did both goals come at really good times? Do you feel? Uh, yeah, I think you know, obviously having a bit of um, fortune on the first goal helps us out a lot, and you know, really helps us to uh, play our style of football, keeping possession and stuff. So yeah, I think it was good for us. You did have a bit of good fortune with the deflection, didn't you, on yours? But you had a bit to do to get the shot away in the first place. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great ball in from Stewie into a little gap, and uh, I tried to find a shot, and fortunately for us, it, it went in the net. Did you think you'd have another one at the end? Uh, yeah, I was hoping to have one, but it came off the crossbar. You're back in the top ten for the first time in a few months with that result tonight. Are you tempted as players to look up the table rather than behind you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think us as a team, we're very ambitious. Uh, we always want to push ourselves and keep breaking limits, and that's what we're going to do. Is it something that you can also be proud of? The team that started tonight is very similar to the team that won promotion last season and to look at how well you've acclimatised is that something you can be proud of as players? Uh, yeah, I think it's a credit to not only the players but to the club and obviously Marcelo and his coaching staff um, are having a drastic change here at the club and making you know, incredible uh, development for, for the players here so it's been great for all of us and you know, we're showing it on the pitch Rafinha was man of the match tonight. What do you feel he's added to the team? Yeah, a fantastic player, obviously. You see his skill and his talent uh, every time he steps on the pitch, so he's a quality player for us. And, yeah, just hoping he can continue in this form. Jack, well done tonight. Cheers, thank thank you. you very much. Every time we have leads on TV, we tell you it's a breath of fresh air. We just we just like to see the way they play. And it was more of the same, Robbie, here today for Leeds United. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a total performance. We don't often say that because they often can see goals and it's a fun game to watch. But there was control about it. There was no sense of, of hanging on at the end. I really enjoy watching them play. They can absolutely play. They knock the ball around. They have people running forward. We highlighted in the highlights there the, the pressing and the way that they win the ball back so cleverly. And... And just looking at the team there, Rafinha wins a man of the match. Well, Jack Harrison was really good. Mm. Patrick Bamford's, like, mm. in the list of the golden boot situation. I've got to say, Stuart Dunnis and Matthias Click, mm. two players that don't probably get many headlines. They do with me because that was my position. I, I, you know, I played in midfield and I, and I see and I appreciate what those two players do throughout the game. Calvin Phillips, who can play with talk time before the game, uh, I tell you, it's a good side. They deserve to be where they are. They're better yeah. than Arsenal. Yeah. They're ahead of Arsenal on the league table. They're better than them. They're very well-grooved side and, I, and every time I, I seem to do them and have them in the studio, they play great, and I'm like, this is a good team. Yeah, a lot of times we give a lot of the credit to Marcelo Bielsa, the style that they play here. Maybe are we underselling the talent level of a Jack Harrison, of a Patrick Bamford who's got 12 goals? I, I think so, now? and what I'm hearing you say, Rob, is it's a really well-balanced team. There are goals throughout the midfield. Patrick Bamford, 12 goals on the season. He, he, he should actually probably have more because yeah. he gets himself in really good positions. They believe in the system, even though at times it becomes leaky defensively. They believe in the manager and whatever they're doing on the training ground, week in and week out, it's working for them. And as you said, on merit, they're at the top of the, in the top half of the table now, ahead of Arsenal, because they are a better team. They than don't Arsenal. carry anybody. No. There's no passengers. There's nobody that like you know that they have to work extra for. They all work so hard. And they're great to watch. Got to eat our vegetables here. Crystal Palace. I know you were frustrated with them coming into the game. You were frustrated with them well, at halftime. I would imagine that persists. Yeah, I mean, they, they were a little better. There's a little bit more adventure. Roy Hodgson made the substitutions. Attacking players come on. It's just, they're, they're, they're just a very different... I mean, in terms of philosophies, mm. yeah. Roy Hodgson, Marcelo Bielsa, probably about as far apart as you can get. Structured, safe, going to be in the Premier League. And Leeds are, are just way different. And, you know, again, I think it's clear to everybody to see today who was a better side today. 
Um, again, there will be days when they concede a lot of goals, but, but Palace, just a little drab. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what we've become a little bit used to, but yeah. safe, safe. Yeah. Palace is a 13th place yeah. in the table team. You even see today they were, they're outmanned, and, and, and Roy Hodgson, to his credit, he puts on a like-for-like like sub on the left-hand side. He puts a like-for-like like sub at the top with Penteke. Doesn't really change the formation up, doesn't try and necessarily go for it. And so, again, Townsend came on on the left and, and did a bit more than, than I would say Van Arnholt did, but ultimately they are, who, they are Crystal Palace who they are. It sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? I don't, I don't mean it to sound that harsh because they're an established Premier League yes. team. Yeah. And they're a, sa- you know, they're a safe sound bet, and that's mm-hmm. the way they've done it, and that's to be applauded. Mm-hmm. It's just that Leeds is, is so different that I particularly yeah. respect the way yeah. in a different way that they're getting success. I mean, fair, fair is fair. They came into this game level on points right. with Leeds yeah. United, both at 29. Uh, Patrick Bamford, a player who used to play over there at Crystal Palace, did not enjoy his time over there. Enjoying it much more with Leeds United, 12 goals in the Premier League. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.